Looking back on one of the most cursed fights in UFC history, the Luke Thomas Show presents Habib versus Ferguson, a retrospective right here on SiriusXM Fight Nation. After a freak knee injury took Tony Ferguson out of the fourth scheduled fight with Khabib Nurmagomedov at UFC 223, Khabib would go on to defeat late fill-in Al Iaquinta, becoming the undisputed lightweight champion. Ironically, we wouldn't see either Tony or Khabib in the octagon until October 26, 2019 at UFC 229. Thing is, the two fighters weren't fighting each other, but they were both at the top of the card with Tony Ferguson fighting Anthony Pettis in the co-main event with Khabib against Conor McGregor in the main event. It's on the chin. There's the tag. Still undisputed. Both men looked impressive with stoppage victories, and a week later, Dana White began discussing the possibilities of a fifth matchup. Dana White apparently telling ESPN, and he spoke about a number of topics. In this clip, as I understand it, it's about what's next for Habib Nurmagomedov. Now, we we played what Dana had to say to TMZ yesterday, saying everything's good. We're good. Now, what that means, how true that is, you know, we're going to have to see. But for now, it seems like... Everything is relatively smoothed over. In any case, what's going to be next for him? Uh, that being Habib Nurmagomedov. Is it going to be Conor McGregor, as some folks suggest? I think that is a cataclysmically stupid idea, which doesn't mean it won't get made, but impossible to justify on rational grounds. Um, will it be that? Will it be, I don't know, Tony Ferguson, Floyd Mayweather? Like, Who's it going to be? I guess this is what Dana White has to say. Play the clip, please. I mean, as a fight fan, you got to go with Tony. Tony had the belt, tweaked his knee, got stripped. This fight happens. Tony never lost um, the belt in a fight. Neither did Connor. But Connor got the opportunity to actually fight for the belt. I think Tony deserves the next shot. Well, that sounds heartwarming. Play it one more time, though, but get ready to stop it about five seconds in. Play it one more time. I mean, as a fight fan, you got to go with Tony. Right. Is that what you're going with, though? <laughs> That's really the question. As a fight fan, there, there's nothing objectionable about what he just said. Nothing. Not one word. There's nothing factually incorrect about that. His recitation of the, the key points that have affected Tony and, and how Connor got where he got and everything else in between, all of that's correct. It's a fair argument. It's the correct argument. It's the appropriate argument. I'm all in on it. Good to Dana, good for on Dana, I should say, for saying what he said. But the key qualifier at the top of that makes me wonder if any of the things that follow that matter at all. He's brilliant, Dana. <laughs> he He's makes, like, if, he makes right? sure he gives up that little bit of wiggle room. If you're a fight fan, then X, Y, Z. And there's not one thing wrong with X, Y, Z. But the question is, if you're a fight fan, well, Dana, you are a fight fan. No doubt about it. I'm a fight fan. KOB's a fight fan. Many of the listeners are fight fans. But none of us, except you, Dana, are promoters. So as a promoter, what are you going to do? That, to me, is really the question. That, to me, is where all this comes down to. And I have to tell you, I don't think that this is one of those bookings. How do I say this? You never want to look at one fight and say, that's who that organization is. Right, You have to look at their overall body of work. You have to look at their history, their trajectory, their trends, their preferences, 
what fights get made, what fights don't, what the reasons are, and you can put together a bit of a composite sketch as a result, and you can sort of get a sense about who the UFC is. I think the UFC has changed over time. I don't think that they are quite as adherent to the style of 2007, 2008 matchmaking as they once were. This is a bit of the money fight era. This is a bit of the champ champ era. The brand's leverage has declined somewhat. The star power's leverage has increased somewhat. Um, Fighters push back. They say no more. They have health insurance. Fights don't get made the same way that they used to. In fact, when we had Jeremy Stevens on the show and we asked him, did he ever consider declining a fight? His answer was, I didn't know you could decline fights. I mean, he knows you can decline them, but of course what he meant was it's unfathomable to him that anyone would ever even do such a thing. Now, um, so I can grant that the UFC has changed over time, but I would still say it is predominantly, certainly not exclusively, but predominantly, it is a place that, number one, houses 85 to 90% of the world's elite MMA talent, somewhere in that, in that ballpark. And that, that traditionally speaking, and I would say predominantly speaking today, it is a place where the best fight the best. Not every time, not all the time, but typically. Typically, that's what's going to happen. You don't see a lot of tune-up fights unless it's sort of like an accident, like Khabib Nurmagomedov versus Daryl Horcher. Um, you don't see a lot of guys skipping the queue. Some guys get a bit more favorable matchups than others, but even then, that usually comes to an end. Folks thought Conor McGregor was getting that. That has come to an end. That came to an end a long time ago. Folks thought Paige Van Zandt was getting it. That came to an end. Folks thought Sage Northcutt was getting it. That came to an end. You might get a little bit of favorable treatment here or there for sure, but it all comes to an end. Even Ronda Rousey, it all comes to an end. So here's my point about this fight and about this particular matchup. This is a fight they have tried to make four different times, that being Habib Nurmagomedov versus Tony Ferguson. If they try to make it again, it'll be for a fifth time. And and the fifth time is the most interesting one because now there's no vacant title. There is a clear winner. There's a guy who has defended it already in Habib Nurmagomedov and another guy who was given an interim title but never really lost, just lost the battle to injury temporarily, and then came back. These two guys have been on a collision course, not one, not two, not three, not four, but potentially now five different times. It is the fight that you must make in mixed martial arts. It is maybe the best fight you can make on paper, competitively speaking, and from an MMA showcase standpoint, uh, and frankly, all of mixed martial arts. That could be debatable, but it's on the short list at a bare minimum. And I would argue it's the top one, to be quite honest with you. But a fifth fight would not come together immediately. After Tony followed up with a great win over Donald Cerrone at UFC 238, and Khabib completed another impressive title defense against Dustin Poirier at UFC 242, the rumors of a fifth fight began to swirl. We don't have news to report in the sense of completion. We don't have news to report in the sense of it's a done deal, because there is no done deal. To speak of now, we had alluded to the fact that in Uzbekistan, UFC lightweight champion Habib Nurmagomedov had mentioned that they were looking at April in Brooklyn for his next fight. But you just never really know what to make of all of that, right? You just don't know. Well, you know, is that just a thing he's saying? Oh, maybe there's some truth to it, but what are the details? All right. Well, we actually have some now, and it it, it appears that there was. Uh, There's some smoke where there's fire. Quote, 
from MMA Fighting, the long-awaited showdown between lightweight champion Habib Nurmagomedov and Tony Ferguson is being targeted for a UFC pay-per-view on April 18th in Brooklyn, New York. Multiple sources have confirmed the fight is currently in the works uh, when speaking on MMA Fighting Monday following initial report from ESPN. UFC President Dana White confirmed plans for the fight in April, although negotiations are still ongoing, which means nothing is official. And both athletes have agreed to terms and return, uh, excuse me, have yet to return signed bout agreements. Assuming both sides eventually come to terms, Nurmagomedov will clash with Ferguson on April 18th. Um, yada, yada, yada. Now, that means the UFC is looking at making Habib Nurmagomedov and Tony Ferguson April 18th in Brooklyn. Brooklyn, the favorite borough of 4K Kelly. She loves that borough in a way that is hard to describe. By far. Right? It's your number one favorite place to be. Absolutely. It, now, in any event, uh, this is to me, I, 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 like, I don't know that I would call it huge news. I don't I don't quite look at it that way. Um, I have long believed this. It, people ask me all the time. They ask me all the time, you know, if you could make a card and it would be a dream card, what would it be? Um, you know, what fights do you most want to see? Which, by the way, we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show as well. But uh, I don't really ever have good answers for them. I don't have a great imagination in that way. Time to time, something will strike me as a great fight to make. But in general, there are people in MMA media who are, who are much more imaginative in that particular respect than I am. So you should go and listen to them. However... This one doesn't require much imagination, does it? Mike Bond reported yesterday, if and when these two meet, let's assume April 18th for just the, for just the moment, if and when they meet, this will be the first fight in UFC history where both competitors are riding a 10-plus fight win streak heading into a bout. This is literally historic. And we have talked about this would now be the fifth time that they've tried to make this, the last one being April 1st when it was supposed to be uh, UFC 223, and then they brought in Max Holloway, and then he didn't make weight, so it ended up being Ally Quinta, and that was on the whole bus incident and the whole, I mean, it was just crazy. Well, they're going back to the scene of the crime, so to speak. They're not going to go to MSG, they're going to go to Brooklyn. Uh, that's important, obviously, because there's a huge Russian contingent. I mean, not they would go to MSG, too, but... Suffice to say, um, I think they're probably trying to do a solid for the for the Brooklyn venue. But this one doesn't require much imagination, does it? They've tried to make it four different times. This will be the fifth. And every time they try to make it, it becomes more important than the last time. Not because the previous times failed, although that creates a certain degree of, I don't know, urgency, maybe even desperation. Rather, the reason why it gets bigger each time is because... Listen to what I just said before about Mike Bond's stat. These guys are riding, first time ever, two competitors heading into a fight in the UFC, riding a 10-fight or more win streak. Every time these guys are paired up, they have spent the time apart winning and winning and climbing and winning and climbing and climbing and winning. They keep beating the best of their generation, not named the other guy. Collectively, the two of them have basically wiped out the division. The UFC keeps making this fight, not or keeps trying to, 
not merely because it's a great fight to make or even that Tony deserves a title shot, all of which is true, but because they don't have much of a choice, do they? These guys just keep staying at the top of the division and then, of course, keep falling out. They don't have a choice, but, like, where are they going to go? Are you going to give the – I mean, would it make any sense, as good of a fight as it might be, to have Habib fight Justin and not Tony first? It, it just wouldn't make any sense. Like, you have to give it to Tony. And then after that, hey, you know, all bets are off. But you got to give it to Tony first. And then I guess we'll see. But to me, it's just – it's just it, – you just – I've never seen anything like this. I've never seen a fight fall out this many times and then – by virtue of just what the guys do outside of that, force the matchmaker's hand to keep doing it. And then to have that record of achievement that is forcing those matchmakers to put them in that position is crazy. It's crazy. Show me another weight class where anything like this has happened. I can't even think of anything close. Cobb, we have been to, let's see, the Brooklyn show and then the Vegas show where, uh, Khabib was in the co-main. See, I was not with you for the Vegas one. Oh, you were. I was, so was. I was. I was in studio for that. But that like, was that was two oh nine because that was the rematch between Wonder Boy and Woodley following UFC two oh five. Remember that terrible main event? Probably the most downer show in this show's history was right after that one in Vegas when it fell out. Oh, because he fell out. Was it the did, day before? I think. Yes, it was that Friday because I had to do that Friday afternoon show. <laughs> Uh, at the MMA Junkie Studios, and I was like, what is the point of life? Yeah, you and Marissa were very down. It was not a happy show at all. <laughs> so where are you in the range of, I'm excited, I'm not excited, I believe it, I don't believe it, where are you? After the last one crashed out, I was really over the whole fight. I'm like, dude, they, they've they tried now freaking four times. This fight's just never going to happen. I don't even want them to try to book it again. But we're now at a point where they have really have no choice. Like, this has to happen. Like, it, all the contenders have been beaten it's just one of those things where it has to happen to, to move the division forward. So I'm happy, but at the same time, I'm a little nervous only because it seems like Habib has signed the contract and Ferguson has not. And I'm wondering if this is going to be the Dana White, like he better take the money that we offer him or this fight won't happen. Mm-hmm. I'm a little worried that might come in within the next few weeks. So when it's signed, I'll be thrilled. But until Tony's signed to and we're official, I can't get my hopes up for it. Yeah, see, that's where I am on this whole thing is, one, I'm going to wait till it's official. I'm not going to go here and start, you know, lathering myself up in enjoyment of a great fight. But the thing about it is, it's if I didn't drive it home in the last segment, let me drive it home very succinctly now. I, too, was like Cobb after this fight fell out for the fourth time. I thought to myself, Jesus Christ, is this really going to be happening? But now they're at a point where it's like, dude, they just don't have a choice. If it falls out a fifth time, I don't really know what to even say at that point. But the place I'm at now, it's like they just have to do it. They, they absolutely just have to do it. Uh, I, don't, I don't understand how they couldn't do it. A fifth fight was in the future, but a new obstacle would present itself. We'll discuss what that was when we return. Basketball has become a global game. From legends such as Hakeem Olajuwon and Dirk Nowitzki to today's superstars like Giannis and Luka Doncic. Giannis to the rim, slam it with the left hand. There's no shortage of international talent in the NBA. World of Basketball with Fran Fraschilla is a podcast dedicated to profiling the players, coaches, and executives who have led the way in growing the sport in their countries. New episodes are available Thursday on the SiriusXM app and Pandora Podcasts. On November 30th, 2019, a fifth fight was officially booked for Khabib and Tony to meet at UFC 249 on April 18th, 2020. Despite all of the failures of the past, 
I was optimistic about this fight finally crossing the finish line the following Monday on the show. What are the odds that the UFC can't make a fight for the fifth time after trying four times? They've got to be low. And you might say, well, look, what are the odds that they would have done it for a third or a fourth? They must have been low there too. No doubt about it. But the point being is every time it fell through and they tried again, the odds that they would succeed after that time went up. They're the highest they've ever been. The chances of making this fight are the highest they've ever been. Is that a guarantee? No, of course it is not. Do you have a right to feel wounded as a fan by virtue of the fact that even the last time they tried to make this, it was undone by a cable on a floor? I would never say otherwise. You have every right in the world to feel the way you feel. And as a DC sports fan, I felt that way for a long time. But then when the dam breaks, you realize none of it was ever inevitable one way or the other. It's just life sometimes. And life can be sticky and difficult, but none of it is inevitable. Um, I don't know if they're going to make it in April. April seems like a very long time away from now, doesn't it? I mean, we're not even in 2020 yet, and that's second quarter 2020. A lot of time between here and then. I recognize. Okay? Um, This is not me telling you everything will be great. I don't know if everything's going to be great. I'll tell you this. I like my chances. I like my chances. I like our chances for this to happen. This is the best opportunity we've ever had. And if this falls through, yeah, I don't know what you do. You move on to something else. I don't know. I don't know. We'll figure that out when we get there. But right now, I'm telling you, if you've never seen um, the sun rise after it dawns, you feel like it'll be night forever. But it's not. The night will end. One way or the other, the night's going to end. Let's retrace our steps here just a little bit if we can. I had mentioned that this is the fifth time the UFC has tried to make this. Let's retrace the other four. So, they were supposed to fight in December of 2015 at the Ultimate Fighter 22 finale. Instead, on that card, Tony fought uh, Edson Barboza and submitted him in the second round. That card was headlined by Frankie Edgar versus Chad Mendez. I believe this was the second of three cards heading into UFC 194. UFC Fight Night Namajunas versus Van Zant was on the 10th. Um, the Ultimate Fighter was on the 11th. And then 194, Aldo versus McGregor, was on the 12th. So that's what happened with that one. That was the first time they tried, and it failed. They tried again for April 16th in 2016 for UFC on Fox 19. By the way, the first time they tried to make it, it was Nurmagomedov who pulled out. The second time they tried to make it, it was Tony who fell out with a bit of a lung issue, and he was replaced by Daryl Horcher. It ended up being a bit of a 160 bout, I think, at the time. And you'll recall Nurmagomedov in the run-up to that contest he had beaten Pat Healy and Rafael Dos Anjos, but then had two years off. He had fought last in April of 2014, came back in then April of 2016, and then beat the brakes off Daryl Horcher. You'll recall, I said that's, that's like the best version of a tune-up fight you're ever going to get. Right there. Because they didn't really make it, it just ended up being one. It was a perfect re-entry for him. Okay? Strike two. Strike three was, they tried to do it in... Um, UFC 209 
That was March of 2017. I was there for that one. Right? UFC 209, headlined by the rematch between Tyron Woodley and Wonderboy Thompson. In the end, that entire bout was scratched because it was a weigh-in issue, and they had no real replacement. Okay? So they tried in 2015. They tried in 2016. They tried in 2017. Um, then they tried again in 2018 at UFC 223. Everybody knows UFC 223 because first it was supposed to be Tony versus Habib. Then it was Habib versus Max Holloway. Then it was Habib versus whoever can make weight in that weight class. Would it be Paul Felder? Would it be Ally Quinta? Ended up being Ally Quinta. This is the week where the, the dolly got chucked at the bus. This is all of that. Cobb and I were there for that one too. Um, and that one failed as well because Ferguson hurt his knee. So to recap, Nurmagomedov pulled out the first time. Ferguson pulled out the second time. Nurmagomedov pulled out the third time. Ferguson pulled out the fourth time. They have split how often they have tried to make this fight. And I want you to pay attention to something. First time, 2015. Second time, 2016. Third time, 2017. Fourth time, 2018. They skipped 2019, and now they're going to try again in 2020. I don't know. I have no real good explanation for it, but something about that makes me feel good about its chances. Something about that makes me feel like the, the chance that it might happen better this time are higher. But I don't know that. I don't. I just know I'm not going to be woe as me. I'm going to believe until I have no reason not to. Folks, I got to tell you, I'm not, I'm not guaranteeing it's going to happen. I don't know if it's going to happen. And if it doesn't, God help us all. But I like our chances. I really do. I'm saying this sincerely. And y'all know me. I'm Mr. Negative. I'm Mr. It's raining when it's sunny. I'm Mr. We're drowning on dry land. If I'm saying that to you, what excuse could you have? So it's not about like, oh, it's going to happen this time and we don't have anything to worry about. Yeah, man, I don't know if that, I, I don't know, but I'm going to, I'm going to act as if it will until it's not. And as I mentioned before, to have it have and have it happen this way where it fell out four times and they're trying a fifth, the chances of it not happening this time are the best lowest they've ever been stated simply the chances that the fight happens this time are the highest that that's not a guarantee but i like our chances i like how this is setting up i like that they took a break in 2019 i'm not even sure what it really means but it doesn't it means at least they weren't doing the same old thing i like our chances i really truly do i think this might i think this might happen when we return a new issue presents itself but injury wouldn't be to blame this time around it was a pandemic that would not only derail the fight but change the very way we live we'll discuss it next talking to the biggest names in pro wrestling friend of the show cody rhodes i particularly told people living in fear is no way to live and honestly i just wanted the platform to say that we're all in this together and that we're going to get through this 
and please enjoy the two hours of hopefully escape and distraction uh, we have for you tonight. I, this is a very unique time for a wrestler. Busted Open, Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation. As we hit the early part of 2020, it appeared as though we were finally going to see Khabib Nurmagomedov and Tony Ferguson face each other in the octagon in April. But as we move to the middle of the first quarter of the year, the coronavirus pandemic began sweeping the United States, shutting down businesses, professional sports, and really the entire country. Despite the health and safety concerns, Dana White was adamant that the fight would carry on. On March 17th, 2020, I prepared listeners for the inevitable. All right, now, uh, I had mentioned that we have some audio of Dana, UFC President Dana White on SportsCenter. This is yesterday. We're going to go through what he said, and I also kind of want to react to it because a lot of this deals with Khabib Tony, Folks, I I don't want to tell you something that I know to be not true. As it stands, is it true that Khabib versus Tony is still scheduled to happen? Well, not in New York and not in Las Vegas. But yes, it has not been officially by the organization postponed. Listen to me now. Listen to me very carefully. I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer. I'm trying to put you in the appropriate mind space for what we're up against and how long this might be and what actually matters. It's not going to happen. Uh, Not on April 18th, anyway. Now, it might happen later in the year. For that, I'm still pretty hopeful. That fight is not taking place on April 18th. Not here, not anywhere else on Earth. If I'm wrong about it, I'll come back. We'll play this clip from this day, and I will sit here and eat crow. But it's not going to happen. The the global pandemic is only going to get worse between now and April. It's not going to get better for a while. So, put our heads in the right space and deal with it. Nevertheless... Let's just hear from Dana himself. Let's hear what he has to say. We'll just play it and stop it as necessary. Here we go. Dana joins us tonight here on SportsCenter. You mentioned Saturday night after the fight on SportsCenter, I happened to be sitting there listening to your interview, that you were going to try to keep this week's events and the other upcoming events on track to take place as is with some venue changes possibly needed. Of course, that would be out of your hands. What's the latest you can share with the fans? Yeah, listen, we're ready to go on Saturday. We have a fight. We're ready to go live on ESPN Saturday night from Fire Lake Arena, Indian Reservation in Oklahoma City. We have the card, we have the fighters, we have everything. But obviously, the president just just spoke to the country and uh, basically said now. It started at 50 people in a room, which made it difficult. So we complied. We took all the fans out and we made sure that there was uh, as few production people in the room as possible. We pulled it off last Saturday. Now they're saying there should be no more than 10 in a room. And that's just, that's impossible. We can't do it. And uh, we've complied with everything that the government and and that these doctors have said to do. And, you know, we we have no choice now but to postpone these fights. So we're postponing the next three events. Um, But Tony Ferguson versus Habib, April 18th is still on and that will still happen. Okay. It is technically true that that is still on in the sense that the company has not canceled it. Listen to me very carefully, people. It is not going to happen. (laughs) I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer. I'm not trying to be an S-head. I'm not trying to be any of those things. It's not going to happen. Now, it may happen later in 2020 or maybe 2021. April 18th, if you are sitting here thinking we're going to be indoors for a couple of weeks like it's a snow adventure, 
and this will all go back to normal. I, I just don't think you're in touch with what experts of public health are telling us. If every day that passes, they are telling us this is getting much worse in terms of how we fix this. Now, certain places that did a really good job with never letting this epidemic and pandemic get out of hand, places like, let's say, Hong Kong, um, I'm not going to say that they've returned to normal from the reports that I've read, but shops are much more open. There's much more foot traffic. They've just done a significantly better job. Places where it got out of hand, I mean, the, the, the death tolls keep rising. They keep rising in Iran. They keep rising in Spain. They keep rising in Italy. And they keep rising here too. So this is going to get significantly worse before it gets a lot better. It's, I'm not saying this to be awful to anybody. I'm not saying this to be mean. I'm not saying this to be difficult. I'm saying this to be as factual and honest with you as I reasonably can be, given the information that we have. And every time they say, UFC London's going to proceed as normal. Okay, now there's going to be no uh, attendees. Okay, now we're not going to have it in London. Okay, now we're going to have it at the apex. Okay, now we're going to have it on Indian, or I should say Native American territory. Which, by the way, now they're back at Native... I mean, they didn't go, but they were going to go back to Native American territory. Are you kidding me? You know, it's like full circle with that promotion in some ways. But... the we're not talking about a series of changes here that happened over the course of weeks or months. We're talking about a series of changes that happened over the course of hours and days, right? And they're still trying to hang on to this idea that it's going to happen. I understand on some level, I kind of appreciate like the pioneering sense of not letting outside circumstances get to you. On the other hand, I would be much more comforted. And I mean this sincerely, if they were just kind of, more in tune with, with the public health realities. Because over time, if you just keep setting up the fight fans for disappointment, I, I'm not sure what good that accomplishes over the long run. In the short run, oh, we're still going to hang on to this hope about Khabib versus Tony. But why? It, it doesn't serve you any good. It is, it's, not, it's not good for you. It's not going to do anything. So... I just recommend being in tune with the realities. Listen to what public health experts are saying. We are now down to the point where they recommend not having 10 people or more than 10 people, I should say, in a room. Even that would make me creepy. I mean, just think about that. 10 people? You ever been in like a situation like that in your life? And they're not doing it by accident, folks. So just, we got to wrap our heads around this a little bit, man we got to confront the problem for what the problem is, not the problem that we wish it to be. Let's see what else he has to say. Okay, take me through how that one stands and the other ones right now are not going to happen. Well, we're going to follow the, these guidelines to have not have more than 10 people in a room. And uh, we're hoping that this all clears up, you know, by April. And, uh, you know, this fight's going to happen. No crowd whatever it takes, probably not even going to be in the United States, but this fight's going to happen. Okay. So heard what he is sort of suggesting there, that it might happen overseas. I, I'm obviously assuming that they're going to have to look at those options because I don't think the United States is even going to be an option. Uh, and then beyond that, 
you know, no one in attendance, we'll find a way to make it happen. Why don't we find a way to do our part to not make the global pandemic worse? And by the way, like logistically speaking, if you can't stage the fight in the United States, how are you going to get fighters out of it and then back on any kind of reasonable basis to make this happen? And is that in their health interests? And you could say, oh, well, Khabib and Tony are going to be two of the fittest people on earth. They'll probably be fine. You're probably right. The question is, do they come into contact with somebody that is immunosuppressed or a little bit older or any of these various considerations, and what does it do to them? Or do they get into contact with somebody else who also might be fine, but then that person gets into contact with somebody who might be immunosuppressed or older or at least one of these vulnerable groups? That's the issue here. Aside from, are you even going to be able to fly in these kinds of conditions, whether or not that's medically advisable? They keep saying we're doing everything the government demands, but understand what the governments are doing here. They're escalating and ratcheting up their various responses to this in terms of the number of people there and what kind of testing they're doing and all these various considerations. And they're doing that for the express purpose of um, tackling the challenges but these are difficult choices. They don't want to just quarantine people if they don't feel like they have to. But it's beginning to really become clear that more and more stringent methods are necessary. So you're saying you're complying with what government is demanding. I'm sure that is technically true. I don't think that they are f- violating the law. That's not what they're suggesting as best practices and, and certainly not what they're asking of people in terms of the sacrifice or entities in order to curb the growth of this global pandemic. It's just negligent behavior, man. I don't know how you can say otherwise. It's just negligent behavior, and it doesn't need to be this way. In spite of all of Dana's attempts to make the fight happen, the death blow to an anticipated matchup began to rear its head when reports surfaced on March 30th, 2020, that the UFC was looking into a new UFC 249 main event after travel restrictions as a result of the coronavirus pandemic left Nurmagomedov stuck in Russia. We've been talking about this news about Khabib Nurmagomedov being stuck in Russia. It appears to be true because it has been reported by ESPN's Ariel Hawani that the UFC is looking to make a fight between Tony Ferguson and Justin Gaethje. Yes, you heard that correct. They want to still roll on with this April 18th deadline. They want to still make it happen, but they realize they're probably not going to be able to get Khabib out of Russia uh, anytime soon. And so let's go with what we have. Does that mean it would be on Native American territory here? Right? Because part of this is, okay, let's say you actually roll with it. I mean, there's a million questions. But part of it is, if you roll with this, does that mean now that uh, you're going to stay stateside? Because before, apparently, they were telling him it was going to be in Abu Dhabi. Now it's going to be, I guess, stateside? Because how are you going to get those crews to travel internationally? I don't know if that's a good idea. Well, none of this is a good idea, but... That's a harder thing to pull off, right? So there's that. Uh, But here's where this comes down to me. It's like, dude, we've waited, what, five years for this fight to happen? It's the fifth time. You can't wait six more months. We're just going to blow it all up, dude. What if just, look, listen, is there anything wrong on its own terms in a vacuum without any greater context? If I told you, hey, Tony Ferguson's going to fight Justin Gaethje, could that be a good fight? Who in their right mind would say anything other than yes? Who in their right mind would say, wow, let's, you know, boy, there's two guys who are just not action fighters. I don't know what you can really expect from them. Are you crazy? Of course it'd be a good fight. Absolutely it'd be a, it'd be a great fight. It'd be a phenomenal fight. 
and and I would want to see it. But number one, how have they been training? Are they ready? What's that going to be like? Like when I say a phenomenal fight, I mean again in a vacuum. Both guys training now. Tony's been training. Has Justin been training? I'm sure he's been staying active. Is he fight ready? I mean, the answer is maybe. I don't know. But now it's an open question, right? And there was video Aaron Bronstetter found from him back in July. Uh, I'm not sure when this was. Like the last MMA awards, there was like a red carpet. This was in 2019, and he said, you know, he was offered to fight Tony on four weeks' notice and couldn't do it. It's like, okay, I get these are different circumstances, but is that still the case today in terms of your feelings about it? So that's something to take into consideration as well. But I mean, I think the bigger point is the one I wanted to make about the fight itself. It's like, dude, we've been waiting five years for this. I know. I know it feels like everything is cursed. Khabib gets injured. Then Tony gets injured. Then Khabib gets injured. Then Tony gets injured. Then they make it, and then there's a global effing pandemic. You just feel like you can't get out from under it. I, I get it, dude. I get it. I completely understand. When you're under the weight of bad luck, the bad luck feels like it's meant to be. But it's not. It's not. There's no such thing as that. This is all just a figment of our, again, I, imaginations, which I understand to a degree. This is all just a figment of, you know, concern. This is a figment of people just being sick of waiting. I, 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 or, you know, I shouldn't say a figment, a result of people just wanting to wait. I get it. I get it. But what I'm trying to explain is it's not real. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. I was somebody who, I don't know if I believed in curses per se, but I sort of believed in the idea of, um, I don't know. It felt like my home teams were never going to win. It felt like my home teams here, my Caps, my Wizards, whoever, they were just never going to be able to get it done. And you, you think, what's it going to take? But the reality is, if you've got a good process, if you've got the right people, and you just keep swinging the axe, eventually good things happen. Not on the, on the terms that you wanted to in terms of the speediness of it, but, but good things do happen. They eventually work. I am not of the belief that if you didn't try to make this now, it'll never happen and we have to go a separate direction. I'm not of that belief. I don't think that that is true. And you can't, there's nothing you could say to make me believe that because there's no evidence other than I believe in curses. I believe in magic. I believe in Merlins and wizards and shit. Well, I don't. I believe in bad luck. That's true. I certainly believe in bad luck, but I don't believe in any of the other crap. This is bad luck. This is clearly bad luck. Okay. It does not feel great understand what we have been saying about Tony versus Khabib for all this time. We have been saying it's one of the most important fights in MMA history. We have been saying it's one of the most important, if not the most important fight in lightweight history. It is arguably designed to determine who is the best lightweight ever. All of that and more. That is what this fight is principally about. We're going to throw that away so we can make what could be a good fight, but could be something that's a much lesser version of what it should be because we're rushing it in the middle of a global pandemic when people are not going to have much money anyway, 
So we're just going to we're going to punt on one of the most important fights in MMA history to make something that could be good but could be a, a much lesser version where if one guy wins who by the way is a bad dude and Justin Gaethje it blows up the possibility of booking a Khabib versus Tony later. And you might say, well, if Justin could beat him, what was the point of Khabib fighting him? Because that was Khabib's opportunity. You had to get one of them to do it to make that process complete. We're going to do all these risks where people might not have any money in 19 days. You know how fast this pandemic is moving? You think is it going to be better in 19 days? It's going to be worse in 19 days. It's not going to be any better. You've got to have some patience about this. So I say no. I mean, it's not up to me, but I say no. I say no thank you. Not interested. Don't want it. The final straw falls on the fifth attempt. We'll go over what it was and the response to the news when we come back. Sirius XM's got a new podcast series getting you ready for the upcoming NFL Draft. With the first pick. Hosted by NFL Radio's Bruce Murray. Each episode focuses on a specific position and features in-depth analysis and interviews with top prospects. Right now, you can check out our defensive line episode, which showcases conversations with stars like Chase Young, Derek Brown, and more. New episodes drop every Monday leading up to the NFL Draft. Just download the Sirius XM app, search NFL Draft Previews, and enjoy. The travel ban that trapped Nurmagomedov in Russia proved to be too big of an obstacle for Dana White to overcome. And on April 1st, he officially withdrew from the event. The fight had fallen through now for the fifth time. I shared his message to fans and explained why Khabib was actually not to blame the next day on the show. All right, yesterday, Nurmagomedov says that he is officially out of UFC 249. And he put out a statement to this effect. Here's what he said. He put it on Instagram, I guess. Staying home in quarantine and reading the reaction of people to the situation around my fight, it turns out that the whole world should be in quarantine. Governments of all countries, famous people around the world, urge people to follow all the safety requirements in order to limit the spread of the disease, to save people. And he goes, and Khabib is the only one relieved of all obligations and must demonstrate free will and train flying around the world for the sake of a fight. Like, as a question he wrote. I understand everything, and I'm definitely upset more than you uh, to cancel the fight. Probably like all the others, I had many plans after the fight, but I can't control it all. The greatest countries and the largest companies of our time are shocked by what is happening. Every day the situation changes unpredictably. But Khabib still has to fight. Is that what you are saying? Take care of yourself and put yourself in my shoes. Now, there are different sort of arrangements here to be to be made. Um and facts to note, it was possible, according to uh, various news outlets called Sport Express, which was reported to be a state-owned news outlet, RT, that he could be allowed to have flown to the U.S. on a private jet. Um, but I, I don't know what happened there. Uh, quote, the companies which provide air travel usually know which documents the passenger needs to have so that will be granted entry uh, on arrival at the border. So, you know, you can believe what you want about this. Here, here's the deal about this all, and it needs to just be, be said, because I find this whole thing, frankly, kind of sickening. I have said it since day one on this, and some fighters push back because maybe they need a paycheck. Some fighters push back because I think they're in denial. Other members of the community push back because I just don't think they're understanding the historical echoes of all of this. Anytime it's possible for a fighter to get blamed for a situation, they're going to be. 
Now, of course, sometimes it is going to be their fault. A lot of times, it's not. This is so not Nurmagomedov's fault, I barely know where to start. Now, nothing about this process seems to have gone on above board. About that, I can grant you. You know, there are, I've seen intimations that the UFC did not tell him to go to Abu Dhabi, or certainly not to Russia, and he did anyway. First of all, I don't believe the leaks until independently corroborated. Sorry, I don't. Don't believe them at all. I don't care if they came from a manager who was sympathetic. Don't care. Don't believe the leaks at all on this one. They're going to try and leak anything they can to make themselves look good. Here is who is to blame for this. And it's very simple to understand, and it's very, very easy. The UFC. This should have been postponed or canceled some time ago for any number of reasons, that being UFC 249. Whether it's the inability to do the show safely because no one, no one even knows what is safe anymore with this coronavirus situation. Now they're saying if you get it in a high dose where you're like someone's right up on you, that actually will make you sicker than if you just contract it at a little bit at a, at a further distance. Now they're talking about how much longer you could be asymptomatic and just spreading the disease. Masks help, masks don't. There's evolving knowledge about this all the time. This is exactly what Dr. Margaret Goodman had said. Like, we just don't really know what it even means to be safe anymore. Checking fevers with the guns is fine as, like, one of 50,000 other precautions, but by itself it's not enough. And testing for COVID-19 at the beginning of the week is fine, but you'd have to do it virtually every other day after that. And if you did, are you taking away tests from people who more readily need it, who might be in more dire straits? Are we going to be having fights at hospitals that have the capacity to deal with this? Like, it's just on and on and on, inadvisable at this time. Totally inadvisable. And I'm not even sure that any promotion, as nimble and as logistically capable as the UFC is, is capable of even getting all the things I just mentioned in a row. So here's what actually happened, right? This is why you need to stop playing yourselves. This is very, very easy to understand. Because they are marching on, outside of virtually every professional recommendation from public health officials, epidemiologists, I'm still not even convinced it's going to take place. Now, Florida is going on something of a bit of a lockdown. Other red states are beginning to see it. This thing is spreading all over. They should have called this off a while ago. And because they didn't, they have, one, led fans on as either to believe this was a good or even a doable idea. It's, it, it might possibly be neither. And so because they don't, now the athlete has to figure out what they're going to do. And there are two versions you could uh, arrive at here with Nurmagomedov's behavior. One, he actually listened to what the UFC said. It was going to be in Abu Dhabi. Didn't want to get stunk, stuck and he uh, bumped over to Russia and it just ended poorly the whole way. Two, the other one you can believe is he followed them in some kind of capacity or he took matters into his own hands because he wanted to be safe to protect himself and to protect his family because the UFC wanted to march on with the show inadvisably. Either way, you can't say one bad thing about Nurmagomedov here. Either way, he is absolutely right to prioritize his health and that of his family. He is absolutely right to protect his health, anyone else he might come into contact with, and his family. Not one thing wrong with that. That is, the, that is actually the responsible choice that he took, if in fact that is what happened. 
if it's that he didn't try to do that and was just listening and got caught because he tried to play chess with this totally unmanageable situation, can you blame him for that? Oh, he went to Russia. He shouldn't have done that. He should have stayed. Well, he tried to figure out where this was going to be, if that's the version you want to believe. And there's no way to win that game since, again, we've been over this. There's no vaccine. There's no real antiviral treatment they can produce and deploy en masse. That's proven to work in clinical trials at this point. The only thing they really have are contact tracing and shutting down borders and everything else. He tried to play that game. You can't win that game. Uh, Nurmagomedov being in Russia makes the fight impossible. But it's not like being here gets rid of all the other obstacles that are there. As you can hear, I have spent a significant amount of time covering this particular matchup. And you might be wondering why I'm optimistic it'll keep happening. Because you see rivalries in boxing. You know, Vasquez and Marquez fought three, four times. Pacquiao and Marquez fought five times. I mean, you see these kinds of things all the time. But that's after they fought and then they're trying to find another reason to make it happen. This one is always different because they've never actually fought any times. Every time, all five, it's fallen through. So you're asking me like why I'm optimistic because that would just make you think that it's cursed. But ask yourself why they've tried to make it five times. And yes, going to UFC 209 was frustrating. And you can hear throughout the course of this how many times I was just dejected. But something has occurred to me as these two have just kept winning, which is the reason why this fight keeps being made is because the UFC doesn't have a choice. I mean, yes, they could always just book another fight, but these two guys haven't lost. Nurmagomedov is undefeated. Tony Ferguson hasn't lost since 2012, and the fans want to see it. Well, if two guys keep winning and the fans demand it, it is just inevitable that you have tried to make it, and if it falls through, you just keep trying. This is a fight you just can't ignore. You can't not make it. Now, the situation that we live in now is uncertain, I get it's a difficult one, absolutely, and I don't know when they're going to make it. On that level, I will not make any predictions. But that they will attempt a sixth time? Yes. Yes, I believe that. Because frankly, when you have two elite athletes who are destined to fight one another, however snake-bitten you might feel they are getting there, we don't have a choice. This is the fight that has to get made. Thanks for listening. Catch The Luke Thomas Show live and in its entirety weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. On Twitter, follow at LThomasNews and the channel at MMA on Sirius XM.